0: The word of the Lord this morning is freedom from frustration. We're going to be talking about freedom from frustration. In John chapter 8 verse 31, Jesus said that uh, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and what will the truth do? The truth shall make you free. One translation of verse 36 of John 8 says, So if the Son liberates you, makes you free men, then you are really and unquestionably free. God wants you to be free from all frustration. Look with me in Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 in the Amplified Version, and I want to draw out a truth there that is so important. We live in a world where voices are constantly vibing for our attention. There is the voice of media. There is the voice of the economy. There is the voice of your body. How many of you know that in this day and in this age you better have the Prince of Peace in your heart and then allowing Him to rule and to reign over everything you do. In Colossians 3.15 in the King James Version, the Word of God says, let the peace of God rule In your heart. Everyone say, rule Rule. in my heart. In In the Amplified Version of Colossians chapter 3, and we look at verse 15, and I'll look it up as they're uh, getting it together up there. Praise the Lord. Colossians, the third chapter, and the 15th verse. And we see here a very clear word from the Amplified Version. All right. He says, and let the peace, and he defines what peace is. Act as an umpire continually in your heart, deciding and settling with all finality all questions that arise in your minds. So in life we have several questions, several things that we face, but God has put a compass on the inside of you. It's called a peace of God. And this peace passes our understanding. And this peace acts, if you will, as an umpire in our heart. For those of you that are baseball fans, you understand that an umpire decides with all finality what is out and what is safe. And the peace of the Lord will decide with all finality what is God's plan for you and what is not God's plan for you. So I'm saying to you today, refuse to let anything, anyone, or any circumstance uh, rob you of your peace. Refuse to be disturbed by anyone or anything. You know, in Second Peter chapter one: two, it says, "May God's grace, His favor and His peace, Amen, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied unto you. I am all for the peace of God multiplying in my life. And when the peace of God multiplies in my life, there's nothing that's going to shake me. There's nothing that's going to move you. No, circumstances may remain the same. The physical situation remain the same. Your finances will remain the same sometimes. But when you've got peace, you're not moved. When you've got peace, you're not disturbed. When you've got peace, you're not frustrated. When you're operating in the peace of God, it passes your understanding. It comes in your heart. It's ruling and reigning in your life. And it's causing you to have joy, unspeakable, and filled with the glory of God. Amen. So say it with me. Freedom Freedom. from all frustration frustration. is the word of the Lord Lord. for for me today. Now, I looked up the word frustration... And the word frustration literally means to be discouraged, or to be discontented, to be dissatisfied, or to be disappointed. You know what the opposite of discouragement is, is to have courage. The opposite of discontentment is, is to be content. The opposite of dissatisfied is to be satisfied. And the opposite of disappointed is to be appointed. So when you're operating in the peace of God, you're going to have courage, you're going to be content, you're going to be satisfied, and though you might have missed a few appointments, God's got another appointment just for you. Shout amen, somebody. Now there are many, many causes for frustration, and we're going to look at a couple of them. Turn with me, and I want you to notice this in your Bible, to 2 Samuel chapter 13, and verse 1 and 2. Second Samuel chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. And we're going to glean a very clear principle which I believe will really minister to your soul and help you so that you'll be able to leave this place saying, you know what? No more frustration for me. No more discouragement for me. No more disappointment for me. Now read verse 1 and 2 with me. Ready? Read. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Verse 2. And Amnon was so vexed. Now I want you to notice that word vexed. That word vexed literally means to be harassed. It literally means to be tormented. We could say he was frustrated. And Amnon, ready read, and Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. So we understand that this is not the will of God. This is not the plan of God. This man was lovesick. How many of you know that there is no such a thing in the kingdom of God as being lovesick? The agape kind of love has nothing to do with sick. The agape kind of love is not trying to get something from someone. The agape kind of love is trying to get something to someone. And so we see that there was a perversion. There was a twisting here because Amnon, you see, fell sick. His soul was vexed. Now, I said all that to say this, that the source of Amnon's frustration was he was frustrated because quite simply... He wanted something he could not have. He wanted something he could not have. And so I believe this, that the source of many people's frustration, no, it's not necessarily in this area, but in other areas of life, how many of you know that it's possible to get over into a place of lust to the degree that we become lovesick, desiring things that we're not supposed to have? Thank you for those weak amens. So anyway, unfulfilled desires cause frustration. And what is the word of the Lord for this morning? Freedom from frustration. Let's try that one more time. Freedom from frustration. Maybe in your life it's an automobile. It could be jewelry. Or it could be a ministry. What happens with people is they get so consumed with things and desires that, you know, until I have this, until I get this, I just can't be happy. I just can't be content. And you know what? That's the equivalent of today. That is the equivalent of covetousness. And we know that covetousness is not the will of God. And so, if I am in this case, or if you are in this case, and if you cannot understand life and be happy about it without a certain thing, you're not letting peace rule. Turn quickly over to Philippians chapter 4 now, and we will look at verse 14. Philippians, the fourth chapter. Of course, Paul is addressing the church of Philippi, and he's talking about being able to do all things through Christ, which strengthens him. Aren't you glad for that scripture? I am too. But notice with me in verse 14, or actually, forgive me, I believe that it's verse 12. Notice with me in Philippians 4, verse 12. I wrote it wrong in my notes. He said, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned In whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. It's actually verse 11. Anybody ever made a mistake before? I'm not frustrated, are you? All right, we want to make sure we get this one. Verse 11, a very important verse. Ready, read with me if you would. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now, that doesn't mean if you live in Arkansas, you got to be content. Or if you live, you know, in Minnesota, you must be content. No, it's not talking about... It talks about your circumstances. It talks about what state you're in, what is going on in your life. Now, the word content, and I looked it up in the Greek, literally means this. The word content means to be independent of circumstances. I love that. Independent of circumstances. Independent means to be free. Free from all frustration. One writer put it like this. He said, you need to find you you will find you need to find contentment with your present in order to find fulfillment in your future. Another writer said this, contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want, but the realization of how much you already have. That's a powerful statement right there. So don't sweat it. Operate under the 11th commandment. Don't worry. Be happy. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Sure, we all have desires. Yes, we all have wants. Every one of us do. And that's godly. And that is scriptural. But you know what? You've got to enjoy the trip while you're on it. And not only that, you've already got the big stuff now. Well, I haven't got my Cadillac. I haven't got my house. No, you've got the big stuff. you got eternal life. You're, hey, come on now. You are on your way, baby. You come a long way, baby. And you're going a long way further. We already got the big stuff. We're already born again. We are already saved. We're already sanctified. We're already... So I'm not going to postpone my joy. I'm not going to postpone my days of heaven on earth until. Well, pastor, I'm not going to be happy till I get married. Oh, yeah? (laughs) I'm not going to be happy until I get promoted. Till I get this or till I get that. Hey, desire those things. Go after those things with all your heart. But remember... We are already on our way somewhere. And yes, we're going somewhere. We are going from glory to glory even in this earth. We're going from the land of lack to the land of plenty. We're going from the wilderness into the promised land. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hate the devil. I absolutely hate him. He is a whipped puppy. He is a defeated foe. But one thing for sure is that he is a master at intimidating people. You know, I thought about that word intimidation yesterday. Now, what what does it mean to intimidate? To make you feel less than the least. To make you feel like, well, you know, you should be further. You know, you should have been doing this. You should have, could have, would have, should have. You only grab that devil by the neck. And have an eyeball to eyeball confrontation with him. And say, look, Mr. Intimidator. You are the one that was whipped in your own backyard. You are the one that is now timid and afraid of spirit-filled Christians. Amen. That word intimidation. And that word timid is right in there. That's what he's trying to do. Is to rob you of your courage. And to make you timid about life. But I dropped by to remind you today that God didn't give you a spirit of fear. And in the Amplified Version it says, I did not give my people a spirit of timidity. Hey, my brothers and sisters, we are not the timid. We are the fearless, full of faith full of joy, and full of the peace of God. And the word of the Lord today is freedom from frustration. Amen. Every one of us could be further, including yours truly. We have all made mistakes. I mean, don't live there though get up from that place of defeat get up from that mistake and brush yourself off and get back in the word of God and get back on the saddle and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly let the peace of God rule in your heart once again we've made mistakes but the good news is God fixes those who've made mistakes God can fix up your mess God can turn things around for you That's the kind of God we serve. Oh, glory to God. Have you ever in life seen something or desired something? And I'm not talking necessarily about an unholy thing or something that, uh, you know, is sin. But something that you really desired and something that you really wanted. And on the inside of you, the Lord just showed you, that's not for you. you ever been there? That's not what I called you to do. That's not you. That's not for you. Hey, don't sweat that. You know what? God's got something better for you. That's the attitude you've got to take in life. Listen, friend, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And it is in direct proportion to the power of God that's working in us. Your future is bright and my future is so very bright. And so a main cause for frustration is desiring something that is not for you. Now let's look at another one and they're kind of close together. Turn with me to 2 Peter if you would. And let's look at verse 7 through 9. Good to see you, Chi. Praise the Lord. God bless you, sir. Amen. God is good to us. 2 Peter chapter 2. And I want us to look at verse 7 through 9. Tony did a great job last week in talking about Abraham and Sarah. And, and I specifically love the fact that Abraham was a tribal leader. And when they came to town, they didn't come all feeble looking for a Motel 6. But when Abraham came to town with his 318 fighting soldiers, they knew that someone had come to town. Amen? Oh. So you know the story of how that Lot chose the land, uh, and, and he really should have deferred to the greater anointing there. He should have referred and deferred to his spiritual father there, but he just couldn't help himself. And so as a result of a wrong decision, Lot found himself in some pretty difficult trouble. Amen. See, he chose the pastures that were right around Sodom and Gomorrah. And it wasn't very long before actually he pitched his tent right in Sodom and Gomorrah. Now understand this. This is very important. 2 Peter chapter 2 verses 7 through 9. And delivered just Lot. Isn't that good that God restored him? And God will restore you. He delivered just Lot. And he was vexed with the filthy conversation or lifestyle of the wicked one. Look at verse 8. For that righteous man, now notice this, this is key, dwelt among them. He was a righteous man, and yet he made the wrong choice to dwell among them. And notice that he saw things, had he not been there, he never would have seen. He heard things, Had he not pitched his tent there, he never would have heard. Hello? What are you hearing? And what are you seeing? And so we see that he was a righteous man. He dwelt among them and he saw and he heard some things that he should not have. And notice what happened as a result of putting himself in that position. The scripture says he vexed his righteous soul there was a torment that took place in lot's life every day there was how many of you know you cannot be tormented and have peace at the same time you cannot drink from the world you cannot pitch your tent at the bar you cannot pitch your tent in A spiritual worldliness atmosphere. You'll never have peace. And there will be frustration. And so we see, for that righteous man dwelt among them, seen things he shouldn't have seen, heard things he shouldn't have heard. He vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. This is a major cause of of frustration and a lack of peace in people's life. And notice with me that Lot did it to himself. We are subject to the world when we come too close to the spirit of this age. Listen, friends, there are some things on the media, there are some things on the internet that if you are born again, they are supposed to to bother you I said they are supposed to bother you and to bug you but what happens oftentimes is through a period of time the enemy comes in with subtlety and he begins to twist and he begins to pervert And as Matthew chapter 13 says, For this people's heart has become waxed gross. What does it mean to be waxed gross? It means to be made fat. Or it means to be thickened. Literally, in the Greek, it means to be stupid. Or to render the soul dull or to be callous. Timothy warned us, He said that in the last days, some shall depart from the faith, and they will give heed to seducing spirits. And then he says, as a result of pitching your tent too close to the spirit of this age, what will happen is your conscience will literally be branded. The Greek uses the word seared. It means the word branded. Branded with what? Branded with the marks of sin. How many of you know that in the natural, if you have enough friction on your hands, or if there's enough friction on your feet, it will create what? It will, first of all, create blisters. And blisters bother people. But if they continue to apply the friction, sooner or later the skin will grow back over that blister. Blister. And then over a period of time, it will develop calluses. And if you have calluses on your feet, or if you have calluses on your hands, I mean, you can apply a lot of pressure. You can put a lot of heat there and not even really feel it or not even really know it. And that's not so bad physically, but it is very deadly spiritually. It is very deadly for your soul. People who say, well, that doesn't bother me. I can do this and I can do that. Yes, it probably doesn't bother them because they overrode their spirit. And this is one of the main causes for defeat in Christians' lives. This is one of the main causes for a lack of peace. They're not letting the peace of God rule in their heart. They're ruled, they're, they're allowing their heart to be overrided with things that are bringing them down. But the word of the Lord for you today is freedom from all frustration. So whatever you got to do, get your tent out of there. Clip the cable. Glory to God. Do whatever you got to do. But for heaven's sake, do it. See, I believe this. That God wants us to simplify our lives. Worldliness robs us. One person said the holiest are the happiest. Same person said the most sanctified are the most satisfied. Now let's look at what happened to Samson. Same thing. Turn me to Samson, Our Judges. The book of Samson. Judges. Chapter 16. Man, I'm sure glad that uh, we're off the ship. We had a great time and everything, but... That afternoon when we got in, I took a nap and the bed was moving. (laughs) Judges 16. Those of you who have been on the sea for a while know what I'm talking about. Now notice with me in verses 15 through 19. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord. I believe the Word's working in us. We're letting the peace of God rule. Look at Judges chapter 16, verses 15 through 19. And she, that's speaking of Delilah, said unto him, and she's crying about it. Now understand, this is not the first Philistine that Samson had been with. How I many you know Samson became calloused? You know, he was fighting the Philistines during the day and then sleeping with their women at night. Doesn't make any sense. And, and she's crying. She, she's got an agenda. She's a Philistine from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. She's in cahoots with the army of the Philistines and they want to bring Samson down because quite frankly, they're tired of getting their backside whooped by Samson. Now, if that offends you, I'm not sorry. All right. (laughs) And he said unto them, How can you say, I love you, when your heart is not with me? I mean, she's really putting it off. And you have mocked me three times. Because three times she went to him and said, What's the key to your strength? And he just said something to put her off, and it wasn't the case. And you have not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. Look at verse 16. And it came to pass. And it came to pass. How many of you know that Delilah will knock on the door of your soul? No, it may not be to find the key of your strength, but it might be something else to bring you down. But it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words. The enemy has a problem shutting up. There's coming a day when the Lord's going to shut him up for good. She pressed him daily with her words and argued with him so that his soul, it was vexed. I mean, his soul got to a point where he just wanted to get her off his back once and for all. How many of you know that Delilah wore him out? That Delilah was his undoing. And we see that as a result of her constant pressing in on him, she be, he became vexed in his soul. He became so frustrated that he was willing to compromise just to get that girl off his back. Notice. Then he told her all his heart. It's probably when something like this. Oh, Samson, tell me, tell me. He said, well, it's got to do with my hair. there's not come a razor upon my head. I've been a Nazarite before the Lord from my mom's womb. But if I'm shaved, then my strength will go from me. And I shall become weak like any other man. So we see here that he yielded, that he was vexed, that he was grieved. What Samson did is what oftentimes we do. We give in to frustration Just do it. All right, fine. Just get off my back. (laughs) Boy, you could meddle there, but we're not going to. See, it was his undoing. So, what could have been and should have been in Samson's life never was, because Samson yielded to frustration. Now, very close with this, I found a scripture as I was studying in Numbers 13, verse 55. I want to show this to you. Numbers 13, 55. In Numbers 13, verse 55. And he's talking about the ancient enemies of the children of Israel. In Numbers 13.55, and this is a word for us. There's not a Numbers 13.55? You know why? Because I meant Numbers 33.55. I'm just testing you to see how sharp you are. And I found out that the only sharp person in the congregation is yours truly, Brenda Thomas. All right. Now, this is a word directly to the children of Israel. He says, now, but if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, It shall come to pass that those which... Now notice, which you let remain. Had God given them the land? Had He given them authority to drive out all of their enemies? Absolutely. Otherwise, if He hadn't given them the power to do it, He would be unjust if He told them to do something that they could not do. And so He said, look, if you don't drive them out, it'll come to pass that those which you let remain, they shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and you and they shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. God is saying, look, it's your land, but you must drive them out. And if you don't drive them out, They're going to vex you. They're going to frustrate you. And even though you will operate at a certain level of victory, you will never know total victory until you drive them out of your land. In other words, they are going to be a constant irritant to you. Let's break this down now. Let's break this down. The word vex there means... To show hostility towards. It means to treat you with enmity. It means to harass you. How many of you know that the devil is a harasser? And there are things that I must and you must drive out of our lives. Oh, come on, you're not getting this. Otherwise, even though you are a spirit-filled, born-again Christian, if you don't drive certain things out of your life, they will be a constant source of irritation and a thorn in our sides. So the Word of God today is, I want you to drive out anything and everything that would try to hinder the progress and the things that I have planned for you from before the foundation of the world. And the word drive there, I love this. When God says to drive them out, God is saying, I want you to literally impoverish them. I want you to dispossess them. I want you to destroy them to the point where they are ruined. I want you to drive those turkeys out. I want you to expel them. I want you to cast them out. (laughs) I want you to drive them away. I want you to divorce yourself from them, thrust them away, and cast them out. That sounds to me like the authority of the believer for you and I in the year 2010. God says... If the enemy comes against you one way, he's going to have to flee before you seven ways. I came by to remind you, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy, he might literally undo the works of Satan in our lives. But God says you're going to have to drive him out. Well, Pastor, can't you drive him out? I can only do for you what you are willing to do when you leave this building. I'll say that again. Pastor Mark, can't you drive them out? We might be able to temporarily. But we can only do for you what you are willing to do when you leave this place. Amen. And the Word of God today is said, I want you to take your dominion. I want you to drive them out. I got to thinking about this as I was meditating upon this. The same principle holds true. He'd never tell you to drive things out that you didn't have authority to drive out. And I I looked at several different ways that we might drive the enemy out of our lives. One way that we would do that is, how many of you know, if your hand offends you, you've got to cut it out. If your eye offends you, you've got to pluck it out. That is literally giving no place to who? When you're keeping your flesh under, you're not giving any place to the enemy. Now, the word place there in the Greek Greek is tapos. And it means topography. It means land. So when he says, neither give place to the devil, God is saying, this is your land. This is your inheritance. And I want you to drive him out. Get rid of him. Once and for all. And then I got to thinking about Luke chapter 10, verse 19. And let me quote it to you. He said, Behold, or look, I give unto you. I give unto you, and you, and you. I give unto you power. I give unto you power to do what, Jesus? To tread. To tread. To walk on top of. Serpents and scorpions. And he says, over all the power of the enemy. Amen. And then I coupled that scripture with Ephesians 1, where Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. And he prays a simple prayer. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. By having the eyes of your understanding enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. And that you may know what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of His power, which is to usward who believe. And then He says, it's according to or in direct proportion to the working of His mighty power. When He raised Him from the dead. When He raised Him from the dead. Woo! That's shouting ground right there. Then he says, "He raised him far above all principality, all power, all devils, all demons, far above." Woo! And then he says, and not only that, I not only raised him. But I raise you and 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 you We're children of the resurrection, we're children of the raising. We've been risen with Christ far above all principalities. And the Bible says, and he's put all things under his feet and gave Him to be the head over all things for the benefit of the church. So here's what I saw. I've given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the many because I have placed all things under your feet. And the Lord showed me that one of the ways and not the only way that we drive the enemy out is we give them a good kick that we walk on top of Him coupled with our faith-filled declarations. Our faith-filled declarations of, look, devil, when you're talking to Him, don't talk this way. When you're talking to Him, don't talk this way. When you're talking to the devil, talk right here. Now listen, devil, you've been here long enough. And and, and I'm not putting up with you anymore. You're under my feet, you hear? I'm going to... I'm going to tread on you. I'm going to walk on you. I'm going to kick you out. I'm going to drive you out. For greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Come on, saints. Let's get happy in God. Dispossess him. Cast him out. Drive him out. Put him on the run. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil! And he will flee from you. He will run from you. He will run as if in terror because this is a man, this is a woman that knows their rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. And I'm getting out of their house once and for all. I've had a day there, but I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I've been whooped by the master. Now I'm being whooped by one of his disciples. (laughs) Woo! Drive them out. Dispossess them. Maybe you've been driven out of your home. Maybe you've been driven out of this or driven out of that. But that's not the end of the story. I said, that's not the end of the story. You got the greater one on the inside of you. You've got the king of the universe living in you. So don't be intimidated. Don't be timid or frustrated about your future because of what's occurred in the past. I can hear my spiritual father saying this right now. It's branded in my spirit. He says the past is gone and must be forgotten. Whoo! Glory, 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 glory! Oh! My, my, my! So simplify your life. You will find that you'll be a lot happier without certain things. You'll be a lot more peaceful in your life if you'll just draw near to the Master. If you'll set your affection on things above and not on things of this earth, I remind you that you are dead. Your life is hid with Christ in God. The world has no hold on us. And in closing, turn to Isaiah 60. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to have communion in a minute. We're going to receive the best offering we've had the whole summer. Amen. People are going to be saved. People are going to be delivered. And we're going to drive that turkey out. Yeah, I just saw some of them leave. They're heading down Hesperian just like this. <laughs> some of them used to wait by your car till you got out of church. But I saw some of them running down Hesperian. <laughs> oh, glory to God. So then it's time for you and it's time for me. It's time for us to move up higher. Isaiah 61 says, Arise and shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The Amplified says, now arise from the depression, and I will add this word, from the frustration and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. And brothers and sisters, rise to a new life. Shine and be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come. And I sense the Spirit of the Lord saying, it's time to leave the lowlands of frustration and come on up now to a place of peace and joy and go on now from glory to glory. Because these are in fact days of heaven on earth for those who will be doers of the word I heard today. The Bible says, repent and turn around because it is now a time for a day of refreshing It's a time for recovering from the effects of heat. And I'm going to bring revival back into your life. Oh, hallelujah. What do you say we recover? What do you say we have restoration? What do you say we take possession of anything that's lost or stolen in our lives? I believe it as the musicians make their way to the platform. I believe this with all my heart. Life is about to get better. Everybody stand up and thank Him for the word that we've heard today. Amen? Glory, Glory to God. Thank you. It won't hurt you to stand and raise your hands. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we praise You today. We thank You that greater is He that's in us than he that's in the world. Glory to God. Anybody in the house got anything they want to drive out? If you want to drive something out, just take your authority right now. Take your dominion right now as we lead you in a prayer and in a a powerful move of authority today. Jesus said this. He said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. We're going to bind the principalities and the powers. We're going to address those things. That have been irritants to us. Make a change in your heart. I can't tell you what's right and what's wrong for you. But you know the Spirit's leading and the Spirit's dealings with you. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father. I thank you for the word that I heard today. And I purpose in my heart to be a doer of the word. And I act on the word of the Lord that I heard today. I proclaim the inhabitants of the land that don't belong in my life are being driven out in Jesus' name even this moment. Evil spirits, all that is of the curse, all that is wrong, all that should not be in my life, by the authority of the Word, and by the authority of the name, above every name, I drive you out, I bind you, I drive you away, I cast you out. Today's a new day for me and my family. Thank God for it right now. Let's praise it. Glory to God glory to god glory to god we're talking about a fresh infusion of holy ghost power today oh let me just pray with you heavenly father in the name of jesus let this word lodge deep within the spirits of men and women and may lord god each and every one of us as we go from this place in about 20 minutes or so may we just have the sense of victory in our lives For we are children of the resurrection. In Jesus' name.